Welcome to another episode of Disney Versus, where we blame it on the rhythm of the samba. <laughs> this is the podcast where we have animated discussions about animated movies. I'm Tori. I'm Grace. We are back again. Today we are continuing our series of uh, Bracket of the Ages. Today we are discussing the wartime era, uh, which were the films made between or made during World War II, uh, and it's the six films between 1943 and uh 1949 if this is your first time listening to us welcome hello the bracket of the ages is the series of brackets that we're doing centered around the era of disney movies we started with the golden age today we're doing the wartime era and then we're moving through the silver age and the bronze age and so on and so forth i'm excited for the silver age coming up um this one was a little rough Oh yeah, so very rough. <laughs> I'll I'll save my comments for right before we start the bracket. Yeah. Uh, before we get to that, uh, Grace, what you watching? I I recently watched the original Top Gun again. Uh, Amber hadn't seen it, and so we had to prepare to go see Maverick at some point. So I'm hoping to see that this week. Uh, I started watching a series on Netflix called Somebody Feed Phil. It's it's <laughs> it's uh. It's not comedy, but it, it makes me laugh. It's it's just he's a, a decently funny guy and um, he's traveling the, the world and trying lots of different foods. And uh, it's kind of gives me the same vibes as uh, Great British Bake Off. Like there's only positive things coming from this. Is that the first time you've mentioned somebody feed Phil to me? Yeah. Okay, so that means you're the second person who's mentioned this show to me, just unprompted. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, cool. I had a friend recommend it to me this week and uh, watched a few episodes last night, and yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, and then I watched Age of Adeline for the first time, which I really liked, and of course I love Blake Lively. Okay. And Amber and I are re-watching season six of Grace and Frankie so that we can start watching season seven. The last okay. several seasons... Of Grace and Frankie, I've binge watched in a day or two, so this one we're taking it slow because it's the last one. Okay. What, what about you? What you watching? Of course, I watched season four of Stranger Things. I didn't watch past the first season. What? Yeah. I recommend it for sci-fi nerds, even though this season, without spoiling anything, it's just very horror-influenced. Mm-hmm. So it is very spooky. That honestly makes me want to watch it more, I think. Yeah. I, I liked the first season. I just never got back into it when it came back. Or maybe yeah. maybe I did see some of season two. I'm not sure. But yeah. I think it gets better. Okay. Don't want to spoil anything. But yeah, I think it gets better. The last movie I watched that I can recommend, I watched The Accountant Okay. with uh, Ben Affleck. Uh, his character has a, a high-functioning form of autism. So it makes him highly focused. Mm-hmm. So he's good at counting. He's good with numbers. He's good with because his father was in the military. He taught his his he and his brother how to fight. So he's really good at fighting, and he's really good at shooting, uh, as you will see in the movie. And, huh, okay. Yeah, it's really interesting. I can't remember what the director what else he's done but i looked it up and i'm like i think i'm gonna watch more of his movies but yeah i think i liked it a lot oh i also saw um the new downton abbey feature 
in theaters a couple weeks ago. Uh, oh, yeah, because they made another one. Yeah. Did you watch Downton Abbey? Not at all. No. Not my bad. <laughs> okay. My parents, yeah. my pa- I, I enjoy it. My parents love it. Um, it's like one of their favorite things to put on in the background. But I liked it, and it kind of veered into the 1930s. And so I'm kind of hoping that they do another feature uh, to cover the wartime era, but it was good. So wait, the wartime era. So does Downton Abbey not take place? I'm guessing it takes place after World War One. After World War One, um, yes. Like okay. I think the very beginning of Downton Abbey is at the either after World War One or maybe at the very tail end. I think at the tail end. Okay. I I don't remember where the series actually stops, but the last movie was somewhere in the 20s. I think now we're in the 30s. So. Uh, last thing from me, I have been reading. I'm continuing the Twisted Tales books. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, I just fin I today. I just finished Part of Your World, which is okay. the Little Mermaid one. Earlier this or er, earlier last week, we're recording on a Sunday. I finished uh, Conceal Don't Feel, which is the Frozen uh, Twisted Tale. So they're all the Twisted Tales are based off of the villain's point of view, right? No, it's based on the hero. And oh. They switch perspectives a lot, but it's 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 a hero centric, like the main okay. characters are the people you would expect, like Ariel and uh, Elsa. But they switch perspectives a lot, like in the in Conceal Don't Feel, you have a chapter with from Anna's point of view. You have a chap. Most of the book is from Elsa's point of view. You have a couple of chapters from Kristoff's point of view. It's kind of like you know how in a TV show you don't stick with, like in Game of Thrones, you mm-hmm. don't stick with one character, but you're watching an entire storyline. Yeah. It's just like that. I know that you've described the Twisted Tales books to me before, and I think I got it mixed up with something else. There is a series of books. I know what you're thinking about. There yeah. is a series of books from the villain's perspective. It's just not Twisted Tales. Okay. Something I've read, I've, I was talking to Heather about this the other day. Something I like, and I think people appreci- will appreciate with these books, is that they take, there are 12 books. Of the nine that I've read, I think all of them except for two, if not all of them, have taken mm-hmm. the the female from the the movie that they're representing and given her more agency. Okay. To make them not a damsel in distress. For example... Mm-hmm. The one that Meg is about, uh, what is it called? Go the Distance. Go the Distance is about Meg from Hercules. And there is a point where Hercules saves her from a monster Something. in in her, her quest. And she makes a point of saying, Hercules, this is my thing. I don't need your help. Yeah. Well, and that's that was also true in the actual movie. But these books make it a point to be, like, that is a central theme. More feminist. Yeah, nice. and, it, and it's a it's a distinct theme of the books is female empowerment all around. Mm-hmm. Are they licensed by Disney or yeah. like who's okay? Yeah. They are. They are. They have Disney at the top of the of each book. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it is Disney. Disney's twisted Disney tales. Branded. Huh. Yeah. I like it. Would would recommend. I think of the ones that I've read. I liked Go the Distance a lot for what it did. Because Go the Distance, I think I mentioned on the, the Turning Red uh, review that they take the second act and then turn mm-hmm. it into a first act. 
that's not the same for everything for example go the distance takes place right at the very end of hercules okay because at the very end it's like hercules you get to be a god you get to come back to mount olympus mm-hmm. and i'm gonna spoil the beginning hercules no, you get to come back to mount don't don't it's literally chapter one it's literally chapter one <sighs> hercules you get to come back to mount olympus and hercules is like i want to go with meg and this is like no you can't do that <laughs> end of chapter one gotcha. and that was very interesting of how uh, like how they do that with some of the books yeah well what's coming up in the news in the news we've been gone for a while again sorry a about minute. that life is life has been life and that's all i will say about that uh, in the news, there have been a lot of announcements about upcoming uh, movies from Disney and Pixar. For uh, Starting with Pixar, their next animated feature will be something called Elemental, uh, set to come out June 16th of 2023 from Peter Son, director of The Good Dinosaur. Uh, it is said that the film is based on Son's uh, childhood growing up in New York City. And it is set to feature characters that are based on the elements. So fire, water, land, and air. And they all live together in, I guess it's New York. It might have its own name, but it's, you know, New York-esque. Hmm. This is kind of feeling like, without having seen anything, it's making me think of Soul and it's making me think of Inside Out. That's what everyone was saying in the, in the press releases and everything. What I was getting is I was kind of getting Zootopia vibes. Oh, that could be yeah. fun. Okay. Yeah, everybody's every in in the press releases that I've seen, everybody's kind of worried because we've seen Soul, we've seen Inside Out, and I'm like, if it's like Zootopia, if it's like those, I'll be fine. But if I'm thinking Zootopia, because all those Man. different elements have to figure out how to coexist together. Yeah, but you've only got, I mean, the the brilliance of Zootopia is you've got world building with all of these different types of characters and all of these different animals. And if you're limited to four, who are the other characters? Yeah. How, how do you build out that universe? So, I don't know. Okay. The Avatar Last Airbender brain in me says, you can, you can, you can come up with some stuff. <laughs> you can definitely come up with some stuff for yeah. For- characters because there's different prejudices and then there are how characters mix together and stuff like that too Mm -hmm. i'm i'm i'll give it a shot i mean i've only seen one piece of uh concept art really troy you'll get you'll give a disney movie a shot oh yeah yeah (laughs) i'll give it a shot okay next uh we have disney's strange world which is supposedly coming out november 23rd of this year like it has a it has a 2022 release date, and I've never heard of this movie before. That's hmm. I'm off my game somehow. But there's no trailer yet, right? No. No, there's there's no trailer. There's only concept art for both of these. There's no trailer yet. There's only concept art. Um, it's from director Don Hall, who directed Big Hero Six and Raya and the Last Dragon. From what I can see, from what I could see, because I know very little about this movie. From what I could see, it is, it's another sci-fi movie, mm-hmm. and the. Uh, article slash youtube video that i saw was comparing it to um treasure planet and atlantis so if that's the case like i think i'll love it because i freaking dug those movies yeah and i and i think it'll be something that something in the disney canon that we don't have a lot we haven't had a lot of recently Mm -hmm. again i'm intrigued to see what this will be 
I still owe you a watch of Raya and really I should probably watch Big Hero 6 again because I know you love that movie and I only saw it when we talked about it for the bracket, the the original bracket. Um, and I remember liking it fine, but not absolutely loving it. So I feel like, but you talk about it all the time. So it's one of those underrated movies that I think should get more shine. It, it's not as, you know, catchy because there aren't any songs and Baymax isn't as, as big as, you know, Stitch or Winnie the Pooh or Mickey Mm-hmm. But speaking of Baymax, he is getting his own series on Disney Plus that's coming out on uh, June 29th. So maybe okay. he will be. So, And I, I know Baymax was a breakout character from Big Hero 6. Like he mm-hmm. was the, the main marketing focus of Big Hero 6. Aladdin, live from the West End, is supposedly coming to Disney Plus later this year uh, in the Ooh. same way that uh, Hamilton did. I'm excited about that. That... Oh man, if they I I hadn't even really thought about what else could you do with with Broadway. Mm-hmm. Um so are we going to get The Lion King? Are we going to get Frozen? That's interesting. Have you seen the the Broadway show? No. Oh man, it's it's pretty good. I would recommend yeah. it. I saw Lion King a very long time ago, but yeah, nothing else. I saw Lion King a couple years ago. I think that's the only one that I would say you have to be in the theater to catch mm-hmm. to get the full thing of it. Effect. Yeah, because there are there are animals walking down the aisles. Mm-hmm. Like there are giraffes and elephants. Like the circle of life, they walk down the aisles and onto the stage. I was all the way in the balcony and I was like tearing up. I was like, "Oh my gosh, it's <laughs> happening! It's really happening!" <laughs> Okay. And the cool thing about that, if what I read is true, uh, Jonathan Freeman, who was the original voice of Jafar in the movie, in the uh, original 92 movie, he played Jafar in the original Broadway cast, too. Mm-hmm. So he will be featured in that as well as Jafar again. Nice. I think across all of these uh, Disney musicals, he's the only person to portray his character from the from animated to stage mm-hmm. that'll be cool and then the last uh, last piece of news we have uh, most recent piece of news is the trailer for disney's live action pinocchio came out uh came out with a uh a poster as well did i see the trailer did you send it to me i don't think i did i feel like i've seen a teaser of something i've definitely seen the poster the teaser and the poster came out the same day so if you may have seen it because it's it's not short. I mean, it's not long. Okay, um, I I'm excited about this cast for sure. It's a good cast, directed by Robert Zemeckis. You have Tom Hanks starring as Geppetto, Cynthia Erivo as the Blue Fairy, Joseph Gordon-Levitt as the voice of Jiminy Cricket, and you have Benjamin Evan Ainsworth as Pinocchio. If there was ever a Jiminy Cricket personified, it has to be Joseph Gordon-Levitt. <laughs> <laughs> After having watched all these movies, like I love the the old school voices that showed up and everything, like Sterling Holloway, who mm-hmm. was in all of these. Uh, like I like I like the original voice of Jiminy Cricket, but I also think mm-hmm. that JGL will give him a good you know a good performance. Yeah, 
comes out on September 8th, coming straight to Disney Plus for Disney Plus Day. Disney I'm going to be Plus honest. Day. Yeah. It's like Star Wars Day or something. I think it's like mm-hmm. the anniversary of when Disney Plus uh, dropped. I'm going to be honest. I'm not the most excited about this movie. It looks okay. The cast is great. Like, the pedigree of the cast is great. I don't know about Tom Hanks' Geppetto, just based on the trailer. I mean, I think Tom Hanks will be a good fit for it. I'm just not a big fan of Pinocchio in general. Yeah, fair. Especially after having just watched it, it was another reminder of like, no, I I really just don't like this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to move on past the 40s. Yeah. I was thinking like, why, where was Christoph Waltz when they did this? Like, I feel like Christoph Waltz would have nailed the Geppetto... Uh, voice it's the voice that's throwing me off because geppetto Mm -hmm. was kind of he had a more old man voice Mm -hmm. than tom hanks and i know tom hanks is an older man he's like 60 something Mm -hmm. but i don't know it's the it's the the i don't know there's a certain je ne sais quoi that i don't know that (laughs) tom hanks doesn't have Uh, okay and like the costume he just kind of looks like tom hanks in like like a an SNL, SNL wig. Yeah, and mustache. But I've been wrong before, and I'm fine with being wrong again with this. Yes, yes, you have. Let's see. <laughs> okay, are we, are we there? I think so. You are ready to get out of the 40s, so let's dive into the 40s and be done with them. Oof, uh, let's, let's breeze through the 40s. Before we breeze through the 40s, let's let our friends from Modern Mouse... Give us another quick history lesson about the wartime era. Disney had some serious wins and losses with his first few animated films. Snow White and the Seven Dwarves and Dumbo were both major hits, but Pinocchio, Fantasia, and Bambi failed to make their money back. Despite the failures, Walt Disney was still interested in feature animation, and World War II gave him different kinds of opportunities. The films of the wartime era wouldn't really be financial successes like a Snow White, but they would give Walt and his animation team the chance to spread their wings, grow a little bit, and branch into unknown territory. World War II had made international distribution of his films almost impossible. Walt was from the United States, and many countries were not allowing American films to be played, including most of Europe. And that left Walt stressed and with little to do. When he was approached by the U.S. State Department, Walt was given the opportunity to go on a goodwill ambassador tour of South America. He agreed to go for the purposes of making a film, which would be fully funded by the U.S. government. Walt would also turn his studio over and help make propaganda films. With funding coming in then from the U.S. government, Walt found a way to keep the studio going and he was able to make films with several shorts, allowing for further experimentation, just like Fantasia. All of the films made while the government funding was coming in are collections of shorts, rather than one direct narrative, giving the wartime era its other nickname, the package film era. Thanks again to our friends at Modern Mouse for helping us out with these clips and everything. A quick refresher for the rules of how the bracket was put together. The rankings were derived from Metacritic, Rotten Tomatoes, and IMDb. The higher your score across those three platforms, the better your ranking is. We have Heather the Coin 
for tiebreakers. And as always, if you have a hot take or a divisive point, please explain it. <laughs> I have. I have. Do you have nothing? I have but several hot. Takes? hot <laughs> I have nothing but hot takes and boredom. Okay. <laughs> Which I. I mean, like, I, I guess that's really where to start. Is I this felt like the worst assignment that we've had, and I do acknowledge that it's because I put all of the watching. This is about seven hours of content to watch for this episode and I put all of that to this weekend and it's a lot of very similar content yeah that's the problem Uh, a lot of these felt the same the same and not as good as Fantasia is is kind of the general theme of these movies is the same and not as good (laughs) yeah yep 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 what I was going to say earlier but stopped is that I think with these Going on to the future brackets that we're excited about, we sacrifice length of movie for Mm -hmm. quality. Mm -hmm. Like, these movies are wonderfully short. Like she said, seven hours across six movies. It's a podcaster's dream. But man, these were were rough to get through. Yeah, it did not feel like seven hours of content. Um, Watching Ichabod of Mr. Toad and just like... I'm only I'm only halfway through this, and I know this is only an hour and fifteen minutes long. Yeah, it it, it was rough. I don't think I watched any of these in one sitting. Let that sink in. Yeah, none of these are longer than an hour and fifteen. That's an episode of Game of Thrones, and I couldn't make it. <laughs> okay, okay. What do you think of the general era? I think a lot of these. Don't get me wrong. They were good. They just weren't interesting. Yeah. Multiple times I was thinking, like, who's the audience for this? Because yeah. it's not me, and it's also not 11-year-old me. <laughs> so <laughs> who's the audience? There are some of them that I wrote down in notes that these were very educational, and I can see someone, you know, showing these for uh, Latin American Education Day or something. Like, hey, we're in geography class. We're doing a unit on Latin America. Let's watch these. They're from the 40s, and they're not modern in any way. But there is some merit to what these have to say. Let's dive into the matchups. We have a quarterfinals, because we have six of these. We have a quarterfinals, we have a semifinals, and then we have a finals. Mm-hmm. Matchup number one, we have the number three seed, Melody Time, from 1948, versus the six seed, Make Mine Music, from 1946. Just like with the Golden Age, I am very upset that this is the first matchup, because these were my <laughs> favorite two that I watched. Yes. Yes. I feel like these had two to. had the most direction, because they're both mm-hmm. basically Fantasia light. Yeah. We mentioned last time that Fantasia, I think, would have been would have done better if it was shorter. This was a step in that direction, I think. I did read a note about oh, what's it called? I'm trying to find the list of all the different vignettes for Melody Time, um, but Bumble Boogie that was originally something that was supposed to be an extension of Fantasia. And when we got to that point, so the first song is Once Upon a Winter Time, and that was like okay, fine, I struggling to care Mm -hmm. uh and then we got to bumble boogie which is based on flight of the bumblebee and is very cool and jazzy and 
reminded me a lot of Fantasia. So when I looked it up, I was like, oh, that makes sense. Um, Little Toot, the uh, story about the tugboat, I thought was cute uh, and had a very cool, creepy, weird part where Little Toot is kind of, he's been banished to the ocean and the buoys start singing and shunning him. Mm-hmm. And that, I was like, this is this is creepy and and. I'm kind of about it. So yeah, this I I liked Melody Time. It had some good parts. I think Melody Time is just a kind of jazzier version of a mini uh, Fantasia. Uh, mm-hmm. Bumble Boogie is, I think, was considered for Fantasia. Blue Bayou from Make Mine Music was, mm-hmm. was cut from Fantasia. It's hard to choose between both of these because they're, what all of this bracket is going to be is like, we're measuring the sum of its parts. We can't pick like one and say this, it's the best because of this. Well, we Mm -hmm. could, but I feel like to be fair, we have to gauge it on the sum of its parts. Mm -hmm. Based on my notes, melody time kind of had, and it has less, it has less segments, but they have the higher quality segments. Like I loved, I loved Pecos bill because Texas, uh bumble boogie i'm i'm being honest with myself why do i love this because texas uh pecos bill bumble disturbing but yes there was texas (laughs) blame it on the samba Mm -hmm. i like it It, it, i almost i almost gave it a perfect score but i'm like i don't know why it's not a perfect score but it wasn't perfect like the music was great the conversion from the crossover between live action and animation was good I, I liked it a lot. Little Toot, I said, was cute, but it wasn't that memorable. Like, it was good, but uh-huh. I'm not going to watch it again. I mean, yeah, I don't I don't think I'm going to watch any of these again if I don't have mm. to. Yeah, I think I, I totally agree that Melody Time was more memorable overall. Make My Music, I really, I really didn't enjoy it all that much. I don't know if it's... The second, if it's my second favorite of this list, or if it's just not the worst. <laughs> but I think really the only thing, and I I literally just watched this, the only thing that I really liked was Casey at the Bat. I'm going to address the elephant in the room. Make Mine Music, it suffers from being the only Disney movie in canon that isn't on Disney+. Plus. So it's really mm-hmm. hard to watch these, whereas Melody Time and all the other movies that we're going to talk about, they were on Disney Plus. They had good sound. They had good quality. Mm-hmm. We were watching these on YouTube videos. Like, the, yeah, and, and there, it detracts from it a little bit. Yeah, there were a couple different playlists that created a somewhat a relatively seamless experience for Make My yeah. Music, but. Um, but also, like, a couple of them had Spanish subtitles and then others didn't. And mm-hmm. the quality varied greatly. And so, yes, the experience um, content-wise, I am still not as interested. But mm-hmm. I'm torn because, like I said, I like both of these. And looking at my notes for Make Mine Music, I liked more of Make Mine Music than I did in Melody Time. But Melody Time mm-hmm. had my favorite segment I think overall, which was Pecos Bill. 
but like Peter and the Wolf, Two Silhouettes, uh, The Martins and the Coys. Like, I loved all of those. I found Martins and the Coys disturbing, uh, especially ending in domestic abuse. <laughs> weird, weird note. I think that was kind of a over overarching theme for this bracket uh, was there's just, it's problematic overall. There's cultural appropriation. There's a lot of religious overtones that I wasn't yeah. comfortable with yeah. and wasn't really prepared for. The one at the end of Johnny Appleseed just came out of nowhere. I was like, "Yeah, okay." <laughs> yeah, Johnny Appleseed and well, Johnny Johnny Appleseed didn't surprise me all that much because of the beginning of it. So mm. I, I kind of teed me up for assuming. I mean, the whole thing started with a song yeah. about the Lord, but and um, I think that's the story of Johnny Appleseed. Like I'm the that's the part of the story of Johnny Appleseed that I wasn't aware of. Like I know he went around planting seeds. But he also mm-hmm. spread the gospel, which mm-hmm. American folktale makes sense. The whale who wanted to sing at the Met, that one ending with the whale being killed suddenly. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Odd turn. Also, I wish they just left it there and didn't have the whale go into heaven, which was sold out, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, it was, it was too much. There was, there were several things that I was like, I, I don't know. I, d- I don't like disney and religion mixing personally you let your separation of mouse and state or church and mouse <laughs> church and mouse yeah did religious overtones in disney that are text but not subtext mm-hmm. uh with the exception of hunchback that whole thing is religious mm-hmm. it, it's a little off-putting but uh i i it has there are some places like it didn't bother me as much i just wasn't expecting mm-hmm. it that was my thing yeah uh, you talk about the uh, the how a lot of things weren't okay. Like I took note, mm-hmm. half of these half of these movies had the uh, trigger warning at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Up, oh, this is we're we're in this era of movies. We're in that era. Uh, we, yep, we are deep in it. Yep." In my notes, and I I get some of these confused with like which seg, especially with these two movies, which segment was in which movie. Mm-hmm. Looking at my notes. If we're going to vote now, I got to go make mine music because I love you. No, you started this whole thing off with melody time. I'm switching because I look at my notes again. Oh, come Uh, on. Because I I love the whale at the Met. I thought the whale at the Met was melody time, but it's make mine music. I got to go with make mine music because two silhouettes and Peter and the Wolf. I could actually like I would actually watch in Fantasia. Two, yes, but it was just an extension of Fantasia. And also, I don't think Two Silhouettes added anything at all. Rotoscoping? I love the rotoscoping. I love the animation. I love the uh, concept. I loved it all. I'm disappointed in you, Tori. It's fine. Oh, this we have time to make it worse. <laughs> uh, my official Tori- vote is Make Mine Music. Is this the trolling part of the, the episode that you that you mentioned earlier? Nope. Nope, this is not this is not that part. <laughs> okay, great. Well, my official vote is melody time. Let's see. Heads. Which one do you want? I'll take tails. Tails. Okay. I'm With gonna whatever have... debloom that you're flipping. <laughs> okay. Tails has the seal. And I'm heads has the hundred. Okay. So tails. Tails make mine music. Make my music. 
What if I just lied? Please don't. <gasps> Ooh, I win. Dang okay. it. Okay. <laughs> I, I uh, wish we'd kept a record of the times that we've used Heather the Coin because normally I'm the one that's flipping and I do think I normally win them, but that's I'm not cheating when I do it. I'm just saying that Heather the Coin might not be in your favor. Heather the Real usually isn't in my favor either. So. That's well, but she That's wasn't right. on mine either. <laughs> she was a, She's a woman of her own mind. Yep. So, uh, Melody Time is going on to the semifinals. Our next quarterfinal matchup is the number four seed, Fun and Fancy Free from 1947, versus the five seed, Saludos Amigos from 1943. You know, Saludos Amigos was short. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah and it's the shortest one fun and fancy free i did not like that mm. might it might be my least favorite oh no we're gonna have another problem then or maybe ichabod and mr toad it's on yeah. it's in my bottom two gotcha not a fan there were a couple really funny lines though uh she used to be a good milker but now she's an utter failure <laughs> <laughs> That's some good fun work. I, I know. Oh, and I wasn't really expecting it. So there were a couple yeah. couple times where I was caught off guard. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the end in the giant beanstalk. Um, Mickey and the beanstalk. Uh-huh. And that vignette, when the giant falls from the stalk, there's he laughs. And I swear that's the laugh that we hear later. I, I Googled like... I was trying to find if this sample is used in other other Disney movies, and I didn't Probably. find anything. I didn't look that hard. But it, it sounded so like I've heard it before. So Saludos Amigos, I liked for its educational content. Like mm-hmm. Lake Titicaca and Gaucho Goofy. I was like, these are very educational. Like, I want to visit Lake Titicaca because it looks so nice, uh, mm-hmm. the way they described it and everything. And it looks like a cool place to visit and like goofy i think was a great choice to use as you know to demonstrate what a gaucho is pedro was cute dramatic and the story was pretty basic yes i did i did really like pedro was the the plane and uh i liked where they were talking about his schooling he studied geography for like where he needs to take the mail and anatomy of a plane and you see all the different parts of the plane i thought that was very cute and pithy it was reading, skywriting, and I was like, plain arithmetics? <laughs> but it was just normal arithmetics. And I was like, oh, that's cute. I like that. Yeah. That was funny. I, I did think that was cute. I, for, and we haven't gotten to Three Caballeros yet, but for both Saludos Amigos and Three Caballeros, I understand the intention of making it educational. I did kind of like how Saludos Amigos tied in um, the disney envoy that went to do all of this research and did you look up at all like the disney group that went to latin america i did not so disney created lots of different shorts uh of propaganda for the u.s government in the 40s and they made a lot of money and it helped them kind of recover from uh the downfall after fantasia with how expensive fantasia was um and part of that uh was the U.S. was concerned about, the U.S. government was concerned about Latin American governments being influenced by Nazi relations. 
Yes. And so they hired Disney and sent an envoy of Disney personnel, including Walt, to visit these different Latin American co- countries. And um, the filming, some of the filming that's in Saludos Amigos is from that trip. Oh, okay. Um, and then okay. we see some of the work that's done in Saludos Amigos in The Three Caballeros. Nice. With this crop of films, they can definitely be taken in pairs. Like, Melody Time, Make My Music, they're clearly a pair. That's a double feature. Mm-hmm. Fun yeah. and Fancy Free and The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad, I feel like, are a double feature. And definitely mm-hmm. Saludos Amigos and Three Caballeros are a double feature because those characters overlap so well. Joe Carioca was introduced in Saludos Amigos and Panchito was introduced in Three Caballeros. So mm. they overlap so well. Mm-hmm. So that's an easy double feature. Did you catch Deep in the Heart of Texas in Saludos Amigos? Yes, I did. I did. It made me happy. I didn't that's clap. That's one of but... my least favorite songs. Like I, I don't clap. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's not, it's not a great. I definitely clap. I, I don't. Clap. I don't consider myself a, a, a super proud Texan most of the time, but I'll definitely clap for Deep in the Heart of Texas. Oh, okay. So fun and fancy free. I really liked Mickey and the Beanstalk. I did. As a story, like itself, I really liked it. I uh, I liked it okay. I thought it was really long. I think because of the interruption of the uh, the the narrator and the dummies too, mm-hmm. which great ventriloquist work was too. terrifying. Yeah. That nope. I don't. I don't need ventriqu- ventriloquists um, <laughs> or. There was also this, the hand puppet. I didn't need that. Oh, kind yeah. Kind of disturbing. Yeah. Never again, Disney. Never again. Edgar Bergen is his name. Very good. I didn't realize until, like, if you look at his mouth, like, oh, yes, he's doing all of this. Mm-hmm. At the very beginning, I thought it was just someone else off screen, but then I was like, oh, it's no. him. Mm-hmm. What did you think of Bongo? Or did you think of Bongo? I didn't think about Bongo. <laughs> I was waiting to get to the point, which was a theme for a lot of these, not just Fun and Fancy Free or Saludos Amigos, but throughout this whole series of six, I struggled to find the point or the audience or the interest at all. The one thing I did say in my notes about Bongo, and I think I said this when they were on the uh, the log going down the river, mm-hmm. um, I wonder what it was like to record the music for these things back in the day. Because if you mm-hmm. listen to these kind of these older movies, like the music is so part of the scene, like mm-hmm. movies, uh, animated movies nowadays, all of the scores are really cinematic. And we can thank mm-hmm. John Williams for the revolution of cinematic music. But at the beginning of, you know, animation and their and the music that it had, I forget what the term was, but the, the music was part of the scene. Mm-hmm. A flurry of the wind meant the woodwinds had to do uh-huh. a flurry as well. Like you felt the music as you were looking at it. Mm-hmm. And I wonder what that was like. Yeah, I I do find, I think that's the one thing I like about some of these older movies and even older cartoons is how the music does the storytelling more than a lot of the, the lyrics or the dialogue. I think I've just always liked 
music as an alternative form or the same like Wally is using all of that fully and all of the other sound effects to tell a story without words is is something that Disney does very well. Right. Uh, you ready to vote? Yep. Are, are we going to disagree on everything? Probably. Okay. I'm voting for Saludos Amigos for this one. Mostly because of the plane of Pedro. The plane, yeah. Also, shout out to our actual friend, Pedro. Come on. The school scene was very well thought out. Yeah. And I think the I did give Gaucho Goofy a perfect five out of five. But I also did that for Mickey and the um, Mickey and the Beanstalk. But I think I'll go with Saludos Amigos <gasps> well... because of it was it's very educational and Gaucho Goofy and Pedro were very good shorts. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bongo just kind of Bongo was one of the one of the shorts where I fell asleep. I will say that. Mm-hmm. But Mickey and the Beanstalk, I walked, I watched all the way through, and I liked the uh, the singing harp, how mm-hmm. the harp was kind of singing Mickey where to go. Yeah. So. Saludos Amigos is going on to the semifinals. Hmm. I'm sitting here watching Tori fill out the bracket and wondering, like, I think this is not going to end up how I thought it was going to end up. Never does. <laughs> Our first semifinal matchup, matchup number three, we have the three seed Melody Time versus the two seed, the three Caballeros from 1945. What did you think of the Three Caballeros? I like the music. Uh, I think I took the least notes on Three Caballeros because I was just like, I'm just going to let the music and everything wash over me because there wasn't. Mm-hmm. It, this was, the I think, the segments in these had the least story to them. Yeah. And it was just like, here's what life is like in these countries. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of bird play. Also, just in general, through this whole bracket... There were so many horses. We could do a drinking rule just for if you saw a horse. Yeah, so the Three Caballeros is, um, begins with Donald Duck receiving birthday presents, and he opens the birthday presents in there from different friends in Latin America. So we visit each of those countries. So we get, what do we get? Brazil, Mexico, and... The major countries that we get are Brazil... Argentina, and Mexico. So we visit Brazil, Argentina, and Mexico. And one of the first vignettes we see is about the penguin. Pablo, who goes to Chile. and no, he goes I, to uh, Peru. Sorry. I was confused. Well, he goes to the Galapagos, the Galapagos. Oh, and he just passes through those places. That's right. Yeah, I I was confused by the end of it. I was like, I mean, that was kind of funny, but what, how did we... What does this have to do with <laughs> what do um penguins have to do with Latin America um and and Donald Duck? So it was a little lost there, but it I did like that segment, okay. It's not it was They're... narrated by Sterling Holloway, who's the voice who was the original voice of Wendy the Pooh. Okay. okay. <laughs> there was a line about two toucans making love. Again, interesting content. The bird song at one of the parts did you pick up one of the birds was whistling it's um something that we've also heard in sleeping beauty like i'm 90 95 sure okay i thought i heard one of the birds whistled the um peter pan's theme Mm, okay that might i I thought i heard that it might not have been in this one there was cockfighting (laughs) 
I thought that was an interesting part of uh, culture to include. And then at the end, there was the sequence where there whispers about a pretty woman, which was just creepy to me. Yeah. Very off-putting. I did appreciate the the flying gauchito, the little mm-hmm. the little the little gaucho on the bull or sorry on the donkey on burrito. Mm-hmm. I thought that was cute. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he uh, he cheated and won the race, and then he was immediately found out. I thought that was cute. Mm-hmm. Again, I thought this this one was it was fine. It was educational. It was very uh, uh, versatile. There was a lot of variety of the you know, the places and the things that we saw, it just didn't hook me. Yeah, and it felt uh, like it's educational and that they tried to make something educational, but an actual content and um, impact, it it falls flat for me. And also I think it's, it's problematic that there actually weren't any uh, people – from Latin America who worked on the movie aside from the actors. I mean, that's one thing. I mean, like, even, like, the dance sequences and it's just, it was very it's very polished, very canned, very um, theme park way to portray different cultures. And I mean, I think actually, that's Actually, that's it. Is. It, is, it's, it's a small world. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. I think it's a decent way to look at these cultures because there's the, the story of the kids who celebrate ki- Christmas leading into the thing with the pinata i mean it's just a here's the greatest hits of these countries kind of oh so i i messaged some of my friends from grad school because it occurred to me after watching that one segment about the pinata i was like we grew up in texas where pinatas were a regular part of birthday celebrations but Mm -hmm. is that because it is that because we were in texas or is that something that the u.s has just adopted overall what do you think i definitely think it's because we're so close to mexico I never thought about it. So, so far I have some feedback from Washington that they definitely did pinatas and for celebrations, but I, somehow I think, I think it's just making that connection that like, oh no, that was definitely because we're so close to Mexico and Texas. Yeah. I mean, I thought, I mean, it makes sense that that's something that, uh, that America has just kind of adopted. Like, Hey, we love this thing. Let's take it for Mm -hmm. our own. Cause it's America. Mm-hmm. I never thought about. It. I mean, I never. I never thought about that. Yeah. What more can we say about Melody Time? I don't think we need to. I think. I think we've already covered it. Um, which did you like more? I think I. I like Melody Time more than. Uh, more than Three Caballeros, which is probably blasphemy on some levels because it's so highly rated. Why? I think the vignettes were more complete. Hmm. And they were just a little bit more interesting to me. Like I said, with Pecos Bill and Blame It on the Samba. Like, Blame It on the Samba, I enjoyed more than most of the stuff in Three Caballeros. And it mm-hmm. starred the same characters, like Donald and Donald and Jose Carioca and the the uh, uh, Rockin' Bird are all in Blame It on the Samba. Mm-hmm. So I liked those. The, the segments were just more interesting to me. I think the segments in Melody Time definitely stand on their own. And for Three Caballeros, it's more thematic. And really, there's a lot of just watching people dance. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. There's and not that's, a... not, that's not interesting for very long. The music that's what was is. interesting. The music and... was great. 
that I can't fault that. It was great. It's just you're you're but right. Yeah. It's a lot of dancing. It's a lot of watching people dance. So yeah, I'm I agree with you. I think Melody Time is the clear winner. So Melody Time goes on to the finals. Second semifinal matchup we have is the five seed Saludos Amigos versus the number one seed of this bracket. The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad from 1949. I can't believe this is the one seed. It has a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. Why? <laughs> I Like, I'm genuinely curious about what puts this at such a high level, because I, I was so bored. I, less so with the Mr. Toad story. For Ichabod, I just... I felt like we were having the same thing over and over, and I, I think it could have been half as long. I agree with you. I do like the ideas that Ichabod had. Mm-hmm. I just wish it was shorter. Because um, I it, like the ideas that they, they, they put forth, especially because I was, like, especially with the, um, the I forget names, sorry, the guy that is, and, which is weird for me, because I'm the names guy. Um <laughs> The, the Ichabod's rival for mm-hmm. the woman reminded me of Gaston. He was very yes. proto-Gaston. Yes. Which but is a great evil, idea. Just, yeah. I thought the framework was there and it took way too long to get to resolution. And then it just kind of drops off a cliff mm-hmm. uh, when we get to the Halloween sequence. I think we could have skipped through the first part of that story probably in half the time and then maybe fluffed out the end a little bit so it wasn't quite so abrupt that oh he's he just dies or disappears right it was uh, just so abrupt uh, yeah the guy's name that i'm thinking of is brom bones okay like i like the ideas mm-hmm. it's just there was so much time spent on just one idea of them fighting over the woman and yeah. then the headless horseman part which was arguably the best part of the short uh-huh. was at the end it was, i mean that's it when was, i <laughs> it was so short that's when i started to get interested mm-hmm. go figure grace is interested in the halloween portion of the bracket go figure <laughs> yeah so i timing pacing was off i think it, it was the same for mr toad that one was way boring for me oh yeah it, it was it, it was uh, i wasn't feeling it however i i kind of put this one above Saludos Amigos a little bit. Okay. There's really no other place for me to bring up this theme, but a theme that I found throughout these movies, and I think I can say it for uh, other early Disney movies, is kind of the, it's the theme of the first time a man sees a woman. Mm. It does show up quite a few times. Yeah, it happens in, for example, it happens in Bambi. Like, you see a woman for the first time and everything stops and you just, your brain just explodes. Uh, it happens in Bambi. It happened. Tell me, Tori, has has, <laughs> has your have you ever met a woman for the first time and had your brain explode? Been absolutely awestruck. I'm gonna guess no. Has that happened? And her actually respond to me? <laughs> okay, no. okay, okay. <laughs> no, that has not happened before. Okay. Just uh, gonna put me on blast on air. Okay. <laughs> No, I'm just, oh, I'm, it's nothing to do with you. It's just, I, 
uh, that's something that we see a lot in movies, and especially yeah. in yeah. animation. And that's just not something that I personally have experienced or I've seen other people experience in real life. Um, <laughs> like the, the so freeze and it's a, like, hello, and are you yeah, responding to exactly. me? exactly. And like yeah. time slows down or something. Yeah. I, <laughs> but we see it in, uh, like it happens in Bambi. Uh, in these movies, it happens to Bongo and Ichabod. It happens to Pecos Bill. Later on, it happens to Tarzan, and it happens to Hercules. It happens to Aladdin. I, I don't think that's a thing. I think that's definitely a movie trope. Uh, someone please reach out in the comments and let me know if that's actually happened to you, and it's actually gone the way you thought it would. <laughs> but that that was just something that I noticed in watching these. I'm like, huh, they do this in some... Donald... Anytime Donald runs into a female in any of these movies, he's just mm-hmm. instantly. You know what? Okay, I've not, I've not experienced this romantically at all, but I've definitely experienced this uh, with friends, like where I see someone for the first time, or like I'm talking to them, or hear them having a conversation with someone else. I'm like, we would be good friends. I should, I should meet that person. Yeah, like I've that had one that time, happen before. Like that one time, me and Drew uh, nerded out over Lincoln Park. That's awkward to say that sentence <laughs> what's your vote for this one i i don't like either of these i think i'll go with the adventures of ichabod and mr toad same but i don't feel good about that like i yeah this is really yeah me, me oh saludos amigos almost has it just because it's shorter but yeah i, I man this is like i i hope uh we don't have any listeners who are listening to this podcast the Disney versus podcast for the first time on this episode, because what a tragic episode to come in on. We're not normally this anti. Yeah. So our final is the adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad versus melody time. I pick uh, Ichabod and Mr. Toad based on the strength of the ideas in the story. What of ideas? Like I spent, I spent a good 30 minutes once this movie was over with thinking of what kind of movie they could have made out of the legend of sleepy hollow could have made but that's not what it was i know and then and the you headless just like Horseman the story part, of sleepy hollow which like yeah i mean yeah so do i but and but that's the, not what it was i mean the headless horseman part was so good i think the headless horseman part is probably better than i don't a lot of no, what so Here's the thing is I don't think – I think we want it to be good. I think it's the most interesting thing to us, but it wasn't well-paced. It comes out of nowhere and it ends out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. So it has the most potential out of probably all six movies, just that three- or four-minute sequence where the Headless Horseman is part of the story. I think you're right. It does have the most promise for what would make a good story or a good movie, mm-hmm. um, but it doesn't deliver. It ha- comes out of nowhere. And after way too much lead up to this surprise, and then it doesn't resolve well. So, so do we want to choose Saludos Amigos over the Avengers of Ichabod and Mr. Toad? Because no, I agree with you. I, I, I think Ichabod and Mr. Toad wins out over Saludos Amigos, but I don't think Ichabod and Mr. Toad wins out over Melody Time. Okay, let me say this now. My one cool shot for this episode is the reveal of the Headless Horseman. Yeah. Because it's out of nowhere. And it's it goes from zero to oh shit mm-hmm. very quickly. Yeah. 
and just the background and the drawing of the headless horseman with the red mm-hmm. background and this is before he even pulls out the pumpkin head it's <laughs> it shit is intense that's my one cool shot so why do you think i'm i'm clearly voting for melody time as the final winner do you stand by your thoughts on sleepy hollow i said at the beginning of this one that we have to judge it based on the sum of its parts the sum of melody times parts just for these two the sum of melody times parts i think are greater than ichabod and mr toads yeah i think you're right based on that because i i have written down that once upon a winter time which i have yet to speak a word about i think that could be a song in regular christmas rotation Mm-hmm. Like, why don't we, why don't people know about this short enough? I may retweet it or something around Christmas time to give it some love. But yeah, I think the the weakest one, I think, in Melody Time is Little Toot. Oh, see, and that, I thought that was one of the strongest. What do you think is one of, is the weakest one? Um, Once Upon a Winter Time, or even the Trees, it felt like filler to me. Okay. I liked Bumble Boogie a lot. I think that's probably the winner of this segment of Melody Time for me. And then Little Toot I thought was memorable and it had some really fun music elements. But Peck is Bill. But Texas. You know what? Like, I did like elements of Bill, but there were also some problems. Primarily about women and Native Americans. But I did like some of the fun... Like, this is how the Rio Grande was. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> That's that kind of funny. So cool. I like that. The tall tale element of that. Yes. Yeah. Also, and- wow, I just said Rio Grande like a real Texan. Uh, the Rio Grande. <laughs> <laughs> like, I like how he was compared to, you know, he was compared with Paul Bunyan and Johnny mm-hmm. Appleseed and uh, John Henry. Like, those mm-hmm. are the American folk heroes and there's a pantheon of them and i love that it was like the tall tales of the things that they did in Mm -hmm. animation so officially are we picking melody time yes Woo, kind of so (laughs) yeah after a rough deliberation process a rough preparation process the winner of the wartime era bracket is melody time the three seed so let me ask you this were you glad to have watched this era yes so some of these i i I liked watching because of like i was talking about with the end of sleepy hollow Mm -hmm. i was i was thinking of which of these movies could be sorry which of these segments shorts what have Mm -hmm. you could be expanded into a full movie Mm -hmm. um and like what could be done to improve them and with sleepy hollow with the legend of sleepy hollow i think a lot could be done to improve that one a lot of the a lot of the shorts could be cleaned up and you know combined into something that's fantasia light mm-hmm. more so than what we got with melody time and make mine music and it's always good to refresh yourself with you know older disney movies because i can guarantee that's a lot of disney fans have have not seen these movies yeah if i, I put if i put jose carioca on uh one of the trivia nights would have stumped a lot of people 
Yeah, I mean, you could add it to trivia now, and it would I would still be stumped. I would have a more educated guess, <laughs> but uh, but I'm also not great with names. But I agree. I I'm as painful as watching all of these these movies were. I'm glad we're going through everything. Uh, I'm glad we're going through the ages, and I feel better knowing about some of the history, especially from some of the not so pretty history of Disney. But it's an old it's an old company. You're around long enough, as long as they have. Mm-hmm. You have space to have some missteps. Yep. Okay. Do you want Drunken Disney? Yeah. What do we got for Drunken Disney? Okay. Drunken Disney for uh, the wartime era. So, as usual, drink any time a song begins. And you could also change this to drink any time there's a beginning of a vignette. Uh, I think that would work as well. Um, anytime you see a horse... And then, because there were there were a lot of horses. <laughs> I would say anytime you see a horse or a bird. I think that's too many. Saludos Amigos has, or no, Three Caballeros is just birds. I think it has horses too. Is it not? I don't think so. Okay. Horses or birds. And then the black rule of shame. <laughs> uh, anytime you notice race, racist undertones or... Cultural appropriation. Something that I laughed at, especially with the first rule, something I laughed at is that they had a song for, like, here's the title of the movie. Make a song out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, except for the adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad, obviously. That's a mouthful. Yeah. And every time I was like, how are they going to make a song out of this? And they did it. Next time, we will be working on the Silver Age. Once the company came out of World War II, they hit the ground running with a lot of different movies like Cinderella and Sleeping Beauty. In the Silver Age bracket, we're going to be covering the eight films from 1950 to 1967, which mm-hmm. includes The Jungle Book, which I believe was the last movie that Walt was alive to work on. I'm I'm excited for this one. Um, we've got I'm excited for this one. I'm not excited for the Bronze Age, but um, we've got Cinderella I'm excited about, Peter Pan, Sleeping Beauty, 101 Dalmatians. I, I really like all of those. Mm-hmm. I'm not excited to watch The Sword and the Stone again, but that's okay. We also have uh, Pixar's Lightyear coming out on June 17th. So, of course, yes. we're going to do a review on that because Grace loves the Toy Story movies so <laughs> much. She's on record with her deep love of the Toy Story franchise. You know, I do. I did really love Toy Story 3. I honestly forgot that there was a Toy Story 4 for a little bit. I I am excited about it. I love a good origin story. Disclaimer right now that movie comes out on June 17th. I will be out of town when it comes out. So that review probably won't happen until early July. Yeah. We might hit you with some extra stuff before then, but we'll keep that under wraps until it happens. You can follow Disney Versus on Facebook at facebook.com slash Disney Versus, on Twitter at Disney BS, and on Instagram at Disney Versus Podcast. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Please give us a five-star review and drop a comment. If you do both, we will read it on the air. Thank you all for listening as always, and we will see you next episode. Goodbye.